Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. We thank God we can gather again this midweek meeting and Bible study. We praise God as the day approaches. Shall we worship him who is worthy? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you. We worship you. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit whom you've sent to indwell us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We receive in the name of Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you. He is faithful to complete it. He is faithful to complete it. He who started the work, he is faithful to complete it in you. The one who works in us, both to will and do his good pleasure. We give you thanks. We yield to your workings, Lepreselo Frebeliteste, Ana Jastirandoro Fevriando Zebretiste Feladia. Hallelujah, for he is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead and he is Lord every knee shall bow every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord every shall bow every tongue confess that Jesus the Christ is Lord oh we give you thanks we give you thanks we give you thanks we give you thanks for the privilege of bowing our knees now. Oh, that we have known the one who is the Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We worship you. You are worthy to be the Lord. Hallelujah. We give you that place, that lordship in our lives, oh Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're the Lamb. That is worthy. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. 
the only one who paid for us, the only one who rose again from the dead. We worship you, who lives forever right now, who has the keys of hell and death. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Our Savior, our Redeemer, we worship you. We worship you, we worship you. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your help today. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let's uh, open up our Bibles to a prayer that we have prayed many, many times. And... uh, Believe God as we pray that prayer back in the book of Hebrews. Uh, As Paul's typical style of introducing uh, prayers in the middle of his writings. Here we have something close to the end. In uh, verse 20 of the 13th, 13th chapter. Now the God of peace. That brought again from the dead. Our Lord Jesus. That great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Make you perfect. Verse 21 continues. In every good work. To do his will. Working in you. That which is well pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we see the God of peace working. The God of restoration. And uh, the God who knows what's good for each one of us. That through the blood that speaks. The new covenant role that he takes for us. At the right hand of the throne. The Father's majesty, you can see he's uh, working. Thank God for his working in us. So our business is to tap into the workings that are in us. And we should uh, yield to it, perceive and yield to these things. And uh, that which is well-pleasing in his sight will be accomplished. And we trust God that this prayer is working for each one of us in the name of Jesus to be under the lordship and guidance of that great shepherd of the sheep. All you have to do is ask God to forgive you if you have stepped out and just done your own thing and God is faithful. He will forgive and restore you back to fellowship and uh, you can enjoy your walk with him. Praise God. Let's hear this prayer also in Canada from Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Shashwatavada Udambadikaya Rattada Mulaka Kuri Hindige Dodda Kurubanagiruva Namma Kattanada Yesuvannu Sattavarolaginda Bara Madida Shantidayakanada Devaru. 
ನಿಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಸಕಲ ಸತ್ಕಾರ್ಯಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಆತನ ಚಿತ್ತವನ್ನು ಮಾಡುವಂತೆ ಪರಿಪೂರ್ಣ ಮಾಡಲಿ ತನ್ನ ದೃಷ್ಟಿಯಲ್ಲಿ ಮೆಚ್ಚಿಕೆಯಾದ ಅದನ್ನು ಯೇಸು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನ ಮೂಲಕ ನಿಮ್ಮಲ್ಲಿ ನಡೆಸಲಿ ಯುಗ ಯುಗಾಂತರಗಳಲ್ಲಿಯೂ ಆತನಿಗೆ ಮಹಿಮೆ ಉಂಟಾಗಲಿ ಆಮೇಲೆ praise god we know that these are the last days and uh, i really find it interesting that there are people out there who don't have a clue who just seem to be going on with life but uh, you and i can tell that uh, these are the last days and the book of timothy says that in the last days along with the good word there's also um something that comes from seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and it may cause some to depart over there in 1st Timothy 4 that there is a possibility of a lot of deception verse 2 speaking lies in hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron and uh, notice it says forbidding to marry maybe it has to do with a uh, uh you know traditional ideas biblical ideas of marriage forbidding to be in that biblical marriage pattern but maybe men marrying men and women likewise all of these things are a very good possibility of doctrines of devils so you may find that even slipping into religion but thank god uh, we don't have to uh yield to that that we can stay in the word of god and prayer verse 5 says sanctified by the word of god and prayer whatever is out there doesn't have to affect your life you can stay separate or sanctified separated by the word of god and prayer then in verse 6 it says if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things thou shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained observe there that uh, there is a nourishment that is required hallelujah in that 6th verse if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things thou shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained praise god so maybe we can hear uh verse 1 of 1st Timothy 4 and then 5 and 6 also in kannada kade kalagalalli kelavaru vanchisuva aatmagaligu devagala bodhanegaligu lakshya kottu nambikeyinda tolagi hoguvar endu aatmanu spashtavagi heluttane ದೇವರ ವಾಕ್ಯದಿಂದಲೂ ಪ್ರಾರ್ಥನೆಯಿಂದಲೂ ಅದು ಪವಿತ್ರವಾಗುತ್ತದಲ್ಲ ಈ ಸಂಗತಿಗಳನ್ನು ಸಹೋದರರಿಗೆ ತಿಳಿಸಿದರೆ ನೀನು ಅನುಸರಿಸುವ ನಂಬಿಕೆಯ ಮತ್ತು ಸುಬೋಧನೆಯ ವಾಕ್ಯಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಪೋಷಣೆ ಹೊಂದುವವರಾಗಿ ಯೇಸು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನ ಒಳ್ಳೆ ಸೇವಕನಾಗಿರುವಿ especially um in these last days the fifth chapter of timothy there the 17th verse says let the elders that rule well be worthy of double honor especially they who labor in the word and doctrine so there is labor 
Jesus said not to just labor for bread that perishes over there in John 6, but there's labor in the word and doctrine. So uh, people need to get familiar with the fact that studying and taking notes and uh, meditating in the word of God is labor. And God sees it that way and prefers that each one uh, specially take time to labor in the word of God. Of course, here it's uh, talking to those who are placed in authority uh, in the church, in the local assembly of believers, but that their main thing should be that they are also laboring in the word and doctrine. Praise God. So think about that and realize that God sees things a little differently from how people see things. Praise God. That there is work, there is labor, and uh, he blesses labor. And uh, this is a kind of labor which every believer should uh, enjoy. Praise God. Notice how in the sixth verse of 1 Timothy 4, it says, If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. Thank God for the words of faith, but there's also something called good doctrine. And that's why he uses the combination of and there, to connect between the two, that there's something called faith and there's also good doctrine. Thank God that we are believers and our nourishment should be based on faith and good doctrine. Praise God. And so we want to examine these kind of things and so that we can labor properly, do the right kind of work. Notice the term, if you put the brethren in remembrance... Of these things. And uh, it sounds nice. And the original word for put them in remembrance is interesting. It's uh, only found in one other verse in Romans, the 16th chapter, and the uh, fourth verse, speaking of Priscilla and Aquila, <clears throat> who were helpers of Paul. In Christ Jesus, as he said, verse 4 gives that verse the uh, light which we're talking about. That fourth verse says, who have for my life laid down their own necks. Can you imagine that that is the word for put the brethren in remembrance to give your life, to lay down the life or their own necks. So you can see here that it involves a different sense also, that putting the brethren in remembrance of certain things involves going and laying yourself and your life down before them, humbling again and again to say the same thing. You seem ridiculous. Why are you saying the same thing? We know that. We've heard this. But we are called to lay down our necks, our lives, And serve them. Notice a good minister, a servant uh, of Jesus Christ, as you serve them, uh, putting these things in their mind again and again, 
laying down your life in quote for them. Hallelujah. And you may not get much in quote respect or honor uh, in it. So most people don't want to say the same thing. Most people would rather say something new uh, rather than saying the same thing, you know. Reminding over and over the faith and good doctrine. And that is what we must uh, see as a nourishment. So even though sometimes you like uh, new tasting things, uh, the main food groups that you partake of are the same. For instance, you may eat rice if you're in the east of the world uh, many times during the week. Praise God. That will be your main theme. Some rice or uh, some grain-based thing and maybe some vegetables and maybe some meat. But you will see those things over and over again, essentially. <clears throat> and, um, you know, uh, they may say, hey, don't you have anything else? But you have to humbly just give them the right food because that is necessary. Amen. That is going to nourish the body, to nourish it up. Isn't that interesting? So uh, don't get tired of hearing the same things. Don't get uh, <clears throat> bored with the good word and uh, sound and good doctrine. Hallelujah. We must be ready to hear words of faith over and over because that's what gives us assurance, confidence. The more you hear it, the more you know that God cannot lie, God never changes, the more you are assured of his blessed nature, his word to you, his promise to you. And that's very, very vital for without faith you cannot please him. Praise God. And therefore we need a steady diet of faith personally uh, every day so that you can be strengthened in God's nature which is incorruptible, which never changes and is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one of his words to fail. Hallelujah. And therefore, everything you see was created by his word. The things which are seen came from the unseen, which was his spoken word, came out of his faith, came out of what he believed. And so we need to constantly be uh, strengthened in our confidence, our assurance, so that we can believe and receive, no matter what it looks like, the confidence is unshaken. Praise God. And uh, thank God for those truths. When I stepped out into the work of the Lord, I basically had uh, just promises in the Word of God, which we have trusted till today. And uh, thank God for that. But apart from that, there's also something known as <clears throat> the good doctrine. And uh, faith can make people, um, you know, kind of uppity and cocky and kind of slightly arrogant. And that's why people uh, who talk about faith seem to come across like that. It's arrogant people. Uh, boasting, always talking about how God did this and that, you know, making such a trumpet kind of blowing their own horns. So, because, you know, it is nice to see how, uh, things happen when you act on the word of faith. <laughs> it's fun to see that. I mean, out of just 
seemingly nothing, things begin to happen. Praise God. And that does make you boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. And sometimes people are affected negatively uh, and they may just maintain that place and find it hard to humble themselves, you know. But thank God that there is also good doctrine which uh, holds the whole thing properly so that we can have a heart that serves also along with the rest of faith and the confidence and boldness that faith gives us. So we need both of these to work together. And that is what we must be using to nourish the congregation again and again. That is their food. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's hear First Timothy 4, 6 once more in Canada for emphasis. Praise God. So if you consider the statement there uh, of Paul in Romans 16, he lists a couple of people. That whole 16 chapter is full of people. You know, the church is not buildings, it's people. So he begins to talk about people there, and a lot of women are mentioned there. And uh, the person who, according to the historic setting, took this Roman letter, uh, you know, and communicated it from Paul's hands was Phoebe, who was uh, a servant or deacon in the church at Centria. And uh, notice that he told folks in verse 2 to receive her in the Lord as becometh saints not to put her lower than any saint but to receive her notice a woman as is required you know as a saint as the person who is known as the blood bought the redeemed of the Lord notice that you assist her in whatsoever business Whatsoever business she has need of. For, notice, she has been a succourer of many and of myself also. So this is a lady who has served the church and even helped many and Paul himself. And he's recommending that she should be taken care of and assisted in whatever way, just like any other saint. Praise God. Notice the dignity that is being given here. <clears throat> then it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila. And uh, you notice that her name is mentioned first. And therefore it means she was also involved in some form of, uh, you know, forefront in ministry. And Aquila, who were also helpers in Christ Jesus. Notice that. They were his helpers in Christ Jesus. And they were ready at many uh, opportunities, they proved that they were ready to lay down their lives and their necks for him. Praise God. And they were a blessing to all the churches of the Gentiles. So we need to observe here that um, <clears throat> these are people who have proved themselves to not just be living for themselves. They're ready to lay down their lives for others. And that should be honored and respected. So here is a good 
thought that it's not just a bold, confident faith which makes you arrogant and up there, but also a willingness to lay down your life and serve others. Hallelujah. And therefore, we need to uh, flow with both of those streams of thought and not uh, just one at the expense of the other. Praise God. We need to begin to see that clearly. And uh, notice in verse 5, Likewise greet the church that is in their house. Whose house? Priscilla and Aquila's house. Salute my well-beloved Apaneatus, who is the first fruits of Achaia, unto Christ. And so on and so forth. So you notice that they are in Rome and they have a church there and they are in charge of that church. And uh, they have met before. They met Paul in Ephesus. And you see some of their mention in Corinth also. They got married and they went back to Rome and they had a church. Praise God. They were in charge of that church which was gathering in their house. So you can see that they are sold out people. They are given to the Lord to uh, serve the church, serve the people of God, and lay down their lives humbly. What an awesome example. And this whole you know, chapter there is, is full of those kind of people, including some who Paul calls his own king's men. So it is uh, understood that these are also very likely relatives of Paul who were saved before him, who eventually uh, began to uh, understand that Paul also was serving the Lord and what a blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe we can hear verse 3 to 5 also in Kannada. Krista Yesuvinalli Nanna Sahayakarada Priskilanigu Akvilanigu Nanna Vandanegalanu Tirisiri Avaru Nanna Pranakagi Tamma Kuttigegalane Uddidaru Nanu Matrave Allah Anya Janara Sabegalavarellaru Avaranu Vandisuttare Adarante Avara Mane Liruva Sabegu Vandane Hediri Akaya Dalli Kristanige Pratama Falavagiruva Nanna Priyanada Epainetanigu Vandane Praise God. We initially had to uh, you know, just be doing whatever work we did for the Lord. First of all, in our own house, people started meeting there. And little by little, we started having to move to more uh, neutral places and hiring things and so on. But uh, when you allow your house to be used like that, there are many <clears throat> inconveniences. You are laying down your private life for other people. Praise God. It's all a very humbling thing. Because they are now uh, using your house. And it's all for him. The great king. Praise God. So there's, there's not just a bold, uh, confident, slightly maybe arrogant faith. But also a service mentality that comes in. A laying down of life. And uh, a serving of others. Which is primarily making Jesus Lord on a daily basis. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are called to make him Lord of our lives, give him more and more place, and that is all good doctrine. Hallelujah. So it comes to a place where that becomes your desire. In First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, 
and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Well, that's what everybody has. It's uh, <clears throat> available in the marketplace for free. You don't have to buy it. You don't even have to pay one paisa for it. All of us have malice, guile, hypocrisy, <laughs> envy, evil speaking. That's all the flesh. But there's another kind of target that we are looking at. Notice verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So we are not looking just to feed our flesh, but we are beginning to desire to feed the man on the inside with the sincere milk or the pure milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Hallelujah. Notice there that there's a desire. Everything is driven by desire. And so our desires have to be developed. Our uh, desires have to be fulfilled. Otherwise, we will be engaged in other desires. Fleshly desires, malicious, hypocritical, and evil desires. Hallelujah. Every other desire uh, will not be subject to the word of God unless there's a desire, first of all, for the word of God. Hallelujah. So there must be a desire, whatsoever thing you desire. When you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. So there must be a prayer, a cry from the heart, a faith to receive the will, the word of God, the will of God for us to grow up. We must desire to grow. I want to grow. I want to move on in the things of God. Hallelujah. I, I need to fulfill the plan of God for my life. Amen. Not just plonk. Let's see how much I may not have to grow up to. Let's see how much I can stay away from the will of God. No, that, that desire must be changed for a desire to grow, a desire to develop, a desire for the sincere or pure milk of the word of God. Hallelujah. Otherwise, all you have is what everybody else has, malice, envy, evil speakings, etc., etc. Hypocritical uh, lifestyle. Praise God. So there is a part of us that is supposed to be as hungry for the word of God as a newborn baby. Hallelujah. And if it's not fed properly, it will be under the dominion of other things, other malicious, evil, fleshly pursuits. And that will be the rule. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can hear First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 also in Canada. Glory to God. So here we have, uh, you know, the idea that there is a person on the inside who has to be uh, known and fed and recognized and desires have to be directed towards the man on the inside. That's all very, very clear from these scriptures. And, uh, you know, you can be sure that this is seen across the word of God. And this is the new covenant and its benefits. That there is a man on the inside who is now 
including God inside him. Praise God. God himself lives inside him. Wow. The Almighty himself is tabernacled on the inside of the believer. And therefore, there has to be a certain nourishment in his thinking, in his soul, which will cause that part to dominate the remaining part. Hallelujah. And this is important. And uh, we need to uh, make sure we're clear about it. In that First Timothy 4 chapter there, we notice verse 8, Bodily exercise profited a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. Praise God. There is a life now and a life which is to come. We cannot just be thinking about the life that now is. We must be also aware of the life that is to come. Isn't that interesting? That there is a life that is to come also. Praise God. And uh, we should be bothered about it. Praise the Lord. And that this is not the end of your life. And that, you know, thank God for bodily exercise. It does profit. You know, it will produce the right uh, kind of physique and, uh, you know, probably keep you running well. And that's good. But notice, all of this has to be balanced with the thoughts that there is a life to come. And so we must choose along the lines of profit here and in the life to come. Praise God. That's very important. There is profit both here And in the life to come. And that's very interesting. Glory to God. So let's become aware of these realities. And let our desires begin to line up. And that's why we pray prayers that will give us the desire. And work from within uh, that which God wills for us. Amen. We do not trust just our natural thinking here. We do not just want to look on the outside And be like everybody else. But we want to desire certain things. Notice. Bodily exercise. Uh, It's good to see that you you can develop your body. By continuously again and again eating well. And then exercising yourself. Putting challenges before you. Moving weights. Pushing uh, yourself again and again against limits. Over and over, over and over. Hallelujah. And therefore, you can actually train yourself to understand that you can do the same thing in the spirit. That you continue to do the same thing again and again. Just like you go to the gym, you go to the church again and again. Just like you move things in the gym, you serve others and move things out of the way and help others. Praise God. And not just... You know, strut around and show off your body. That's not the aim, actually. You can. You can show off, this is what the Lord has done for me. That's what he's done for me. The other and all that. That's just posing off. Amen. But we need to be able to do and move things and serve people with that muscular body in mind. Amen. With that kind of thinking, see, I look good for the Lord. All of this is for the Lord. 
It's not just for this life, but also the life which is to come. So that I can function properly. So I can help people more. So that I can serve. I can get under their lives and help them. Praise God. And that is the desire which is proper. Amen. Not to just, you know, look good, uh, you know, like Johnny Bravo. Praise God, somebody from the earlier times. I don't think he's there anymore in the cartoons, but just going around like Johnny Bravo with the right kind of hairstyle and the right kind of smile. That's not just it. Praise God. All of that is for him, for the Lord to be able to help others, to serve the body, to, to remind people again and again, you know, discipling them again, discipling, going over things. Over and over. You know, but we've done this before. Oh, really, have you? Let's do it again. It's a humbling thing, you know. They, 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 they don't welcome you so well in their houses. These are believers, you know. They, they keep you waiting outside. They don't even show up. They may be upstairs in their house while you are downstairs. And, you know, just treating you like trash. But you humble yourself and endure. And after they thought you left... Lo and behold, you're still there in the house and, hey, surprise, surprise, I'm still here. Let's get on with the work. And so you may waste hours and hours trying to give people their nourishment. Hallelujah. Feeding people who would have gone to the gym happily. Who would have gone to the gym that day, ran marathons, uh, you know, done all kinds of physical things. Trimmed their hair and beard and all of that. But when it came to that discipling, they were nowhere to be found. So that is a uh, tragedy, actually. That is only thinking about this life. But there is a life to come. Amen. And there's a desire for that life. And a desire uh, which is going to endure and not just find people... You know, there's this great bodybuilder by the name of Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman was a great, one of the actual, uh, you know, bodies that was from development to development to development. He became just huge. He had some of the biggest body parts you could have seen. And then later on, I, I saw a documentary of his where he's walking around with crutches. And that was tough, you know, and he runs a gym and he still does some workouts, but he he had to go through some problems because of his training and all of that. So it's, it's sad to see all that, you know. This is how it goes, you know, it's possible that physical things can also go down. Praise God that you could be Mr. Universe, Mr. Olympia, but then find yourself uh, not looking so great later on. But we who are saved, we, we have another uh, pursuit. We have another plan, which is not just here, but also in that which is to come for eternity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're not just thinking about bodily profit. Because it profits little. Hallelujah. It profits little, according to the scripture. But godliness, that is a kind of gymnastics also, is profitable unto all things. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's hear First Timothy 4, 8 also in Canada.
ದೇಹ ಸಾಧನೆಯು ಸ್ವಲ್ಪ ಮಟ್ಟಿಗೆ ಲಾಭಕರವಾಗಿದೆ ಭಕ್ತಿಯಾದರೂ ಎಲ್ಲಾ ವಿಧದಲ್ಲಿ ಲಾಭಕರವಾದದ್ದು ಅದಕ್ಕೆ ಈಗಲೂ ಮುಂದೆ ಬರುವುದಕ್ಕೂ ಜೀವಾಗ್ದಾನ ಉಂಟು And he says in verse 9, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. Amen. So in other words, we have no choice. You just have to accept it. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the truth. But notice on their side, verse 10, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach. Reproach. You know, being treated like uh, trash, being... Uh, treated undeservedly taunted and defamed because we trust in the living god who is the savior of all men especially of those that believe praise god so don't think that um, you're going to be honored for doing that down here you may not be honored you may be treated with reproach amen <clears throat> so there is an aspect which you have to also embrace and say there's going to be reproach there's going to be uh, some form of despicable attitude that people will show you because you want to labor with the word and nourish them and feed them and repeat these things over and over uh, they may find it boring but you know it is good for them to grow and to enjoy eternal benefits not just here but also in the life to come amen so there is that aspect which is along the lines of good doctrine that you're not just fed on a diet of faith alone but you are told that there is a despicable reproachful kind of attitude that you will have to deal with and endure for the sake of the word of god Hallelujah, because it is going to give you eternal benefits. Amen. Like the pain that you endure in the gym, which will eventually benefit you, there's going to be some pain that your flesh will not enjoy when you are treated contemptibly, when you are looked down upon because you are just bringing the word and giving them the same scriptures over and over. There's going to be a suffering there. Amen. But you should embrace that because that's good doctrine. Notice verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth. Hmm. There's more despicable stuff written there. Look down upon because you're young. But be an example of the believers. Be an example. Must a believer look at you and say, wow, look at that young guy. Wow. I want to be like him in word, in lifestyle, in the love walk, in the spirit, in faith, in purity. So he's talking to Timothy who was uh, young at that time. And he's telling him how to choose things, what to desire and what to prepare for. And how to not let anybody look down on the younger person, but rather the younger person should become an example. To believers, not unbelievers. <laughs> to believers. You know, it's easy to wow unbelievers by not talking trash 
and being different from them, they'll be like, wow, this guy's like some kind of saint. You know? But to believers, they really, uh, they know all of that. They know the Christianese response, praise the Lord, hallelujah, yeah, yeah, and all of that. Three bags full, etc., etc. They can say that. They can do all that. But then, to be an example means that they, they look at you and say, man, when I grow up, I want to be like this guy. Hallelujah. When I grow up, I want to be like this guy. Praise God. Now that is a choice that each one will have to make for themselves. Praise the Lord. And then look at verse 13. This is why our Bible studies are a little bit different. He says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Sometimes we just read. Have you noticed that? We just let the word do it by itself. You know, oh, I can just read the Bible. Read the Bible then. We all should read the Bible. He's telling us to read the Bible. Read it openly. Let the word itself do it. Amen. Hallelujah. You see that? So sometimes you just need to get familiar with reading the Bible. Just reading it. So that your ears can hear it. So that your heart can tune in. Give attendance to it. Hallelujah. To doctrine. Can you see that? To drawing others close to Christ. Bringing them in. And that's why we say, hey, how you doing? Long time no see. Yeah, of course we'll meet in heaven forever. But how come we don't see here? Things like that. Because this is a kind of gym where we're training. We're preparing to serve. To live for the king. Hallelujah. To be an example to believers. If the young guy should be an example to the believer, what about the middle-aged guy? What about the older person? Definitely his life must be a proof that God is faithful, that the word is working, that there is a desire which is the right desire, that you are an example to others. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Notice how it goes that way. And it continues about the gifts, the laying on of hands. And he says, meditate upon these things in verse 15. Give thyself wholly to them. Don't give yourself partially to them. Give yourself wholly to them. Amen? Let it not be like this is just by the side. But let this be the main thing. Let the main thing be the main thing. What is the main reason why you're in Bangalore? Well, I came for this. I, I do that. I do the other. No, this is the main thing. This is what you give your life wholly to. Praise God. To meditate and give your thoughts your deep thoughts, your aspirations, your desires. This is the whole thing. This is what matters to you. Hallelujah. The Bible declares about Caleb and Joshua that they, they wholly followed the Lord. And so they outlived many others. And they got benefits by wholly giving themselves to the Lord. They outlived and finished and received all the benefits, all the profits. Amen. It is important to be able to wholly give yourself to. You need to check your own life and see, uh, where is my life really? What is my hope? Where am I, spiritually speaking, where uh, is my desire really? Am I wholly given to the Lord? 
Then he says, your profiting will appear to all. Wow. Profit. There's profit in obeying God always. Whether you can see it right now or not, there's always profit. There's always profit. There's always profit in yielding your thoughts to God and giving your time to Him and His Word and and the things of good doctrine. You will always profit. There is a profiting which will appear to others. It will become clear. It will be evident. It will be apparent to all. Amen? This is important to see all that. Maybe we can pick up a scripture or two. I think we did verse 10, did we? Praise God. Not yet. Let's do verse 10 and then um, see further. Praise God. We can also see verse 12 and 13 in Kannada. So, praise God. These are the truths of the man on the inside compared with the man on the outside and Timothy is being schooled and taught by this great apostle whom uh, he respected. Notice that verse 14 started by neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Thank God for the doctrine of laying on of hands. But also we can use this verse to think about any gift or any impartation, anything that God gave us, which is inside us. Amen. That it can be neglected. We can see therefore that when these things are considered and one is given to them wholly, it will bring you to the end of the plan of God for your life. And you could see that in the life of you know, Joshua and Caleb. When Caleb said there in the book of Joshua 14 that I am now 85 I am ready to take the land. I'm ready for my inheritance. I'm ready for war. I'm ready to fight. Give me my inheritance. Forty years he continued. Forty-five and then eighty-five. You can see patiently continuing again and again because of following wholly. There is profit that will be seen clearly by everyone that your age does not deter you that you are strong, you are finishing strong. Hallelujah. But it's possible to neglect from Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.14. It says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. It's possible to neglect the benefits of the new birth on the inside. This great life that is possible, the very life and nature of God. And also the Holy Spirit that you have on the inside of you. Whether you've spoken in tongues or not, it's possible to ignore the Holy Spirit who's on the inside. And therefore, meditating upon these things, giving oneself wholly to them, produces profit. Glory to God. And we can see profit will appear to others. 
So the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the more you ponder and study all of these realities, you will see profit coming forth. Verse 16 says, Take heed unto thyself. Watch for your life. Check what's going on within you. Pay attention. And the doctrine. Notice these are the things we should be bothered about. Continue in them. Notice, continuing is the point. You keep going to the gym. Keep going into the word. Keep going to church. Keep being available to instruct and uh, humble yourself again and again in spite of being treated like nothing special with despicable attitudes. You continue. For in doing this, notice, you save yourself and them that hear thee. Praise God. The benefits of salvation will become evident in your life and those who are hearing Those who are around you, listening to the same word. You are studying, you are meditating, you are yielding. Praise the Lord. It's going to affect not just your life, but others around you too. Praise God. It is very important to see that this is uh, divine instruction. This is God telling us the right way of doing things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can also hear verse 13 and uh, 14 in Canada. Praise God. So all of these things are so true. It's a benefit that you and I can partake of And not just yourself being affected here, but others that are around you getting affected. The profit coming into their lives, the benefits of salvation becoming theirs. All of that reality is possible to neglect it. It's possible to not receive anything out of it. The great life of God is on the inside of every believer. Imagine that. The love of God is on the inside of us. There is someone who is just like Jesus on the inside of us. Just as he is. And there is the Holy Spirit, the greater one. The one who created everything. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. Inside the believer. It's possible to live as though none of that exists. That we are just only an external shell. Like everybody else. It's actually possible. So we have to constantly think about it. Constantly talk about it. Uh, Keep our mind around those thoughts again and again. And then the benefit of that life and reality of God on the inside becomes profitable to us and to others that are hearing us also. Let us take advantage of it, my brother and sister. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice, therefore, the last verse in that chapter, uh, verse 16, also in Canada. This man eventually became the pastor of the church um, there in Ephesus, a very powerful church. And uh, it is said that in history, church history and so on, that... um, The mother of the Lord Jesus, Mary, 
used to attend that church. And even John would be there. And uh, all these great people sitting under this junior person. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So things have happened. And today it's our turn to do the right thing. To choose properly. Over there in the book of Isaiah, we see an interesting scripture. You've probably seen in chapter 8, verse 18 may be familiar. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount uh, Zion. Jesus had quoted this. We hear from the book of Hebrews, the second chapter, uh, verse 13 You know, Paul quotes this, speaking of Jesus uh, and the congregation of the saints. He quotes this scripture, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel. Notice that uh, we have spiritual children. We have uh, this divine process of, in quote, giving birth to others. Hallelujah. We have the responsibility to bring People into the kingdom, travailing over them in prayer, believing God for them, sharing the word with them. Children whom the Lord has given to us. There are lives that we have been assigned to affect. Amen. And they are each one a sign and a wonder, and they are for signs and wonders. God should flow through them in signs and wonders. Each one should be able to use the name of Jesus. And lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, speak in new tongues, and teach and preach. Each believer ought to do that. You and I should take advantage of that and communicate it to the others. Hallelujah. And in that same vein, uh, you know, verse 19 talks about those who are seeking unto familiar spirits, wizards, and those that peep and mutter instead of seeking God. Hallelujah. So, you know, there's a possibility to seek other mediums to short-circuit the seeking of God. Looking for uh, options. Okay? Instead of seeking God, instead of fasting and praying, instead of studying the Word, maybe I can take a shortcut and go ask somebody else. You don't know if they have the right spirit. They may say things to just bless your life. You know, just say this and that. Meanwhile... You have the word. You have the ability to seek God. To meditate and hear from heaven. Why should you go here and there? Trying to hear a word. Trying to uh, extract some kind of instruction from somebody. Amen. And you open yourself to other spirits also. Hallelujah. But notice verse 20. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Amen. So if you have illumination, if you get understanding, then you will speak according to the word of God. And the word of God becomes like the final authority in your life and things around you will begin to adjust. That's what you learn by faith. You don't speak what you feel. You don't speak what you see. But you speak the word of God. You speak into the darkness. You speak into the situations of your life. Because you have illumination. 
Those who speak about how they feel and how situations are, they don't have illumination. They haven't got the light of the word. They haven't understood the message. But I feel like this. I feel like that. I can't come because I feel this. I feel that. No, you're not called to speak what you feel. You're called to speak the word. Hallelujah. If you do not speak according to the word, it's because you don't have understanding. You don't have light. You may claim to be going to the word church and spirit church, but you don't understand. You haven't gotten illumination. Those who speak just what they feel and what they experience don't have illumination. They don't have light. They don't have revelation. See, you need to get a revelation of these things. Why should I speak this? I don't feel like it. I feel this way. I don't see anything. I don't see any benefit. Ah, this is what I'm going through. No, you can't live like that. You didn't get the revelation. But once you get the understanding, once you get the light, you cannot speak anything else. You will speak to your situation. In the middle of the problem, you will speak the word of God. That's the word of faith. Hallelujah. That's the testimony of God's word. Praise God. To be able to see it in the old and in the new is a proof that you are a scribe according to Jesus. That like a householder, you're able to bring things out of the new and to the old also, from the old also. Amen. So get ready to see this lifestyle that you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light to show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are here to show that in the darkness you can produce the light of God. You can speak the word in the darkness. You can speak right here, right now, what you do not feel, what you do not see, but it's the light of God's word. And lo and behold, Prophet will appear and others around you will also enjoy the benefit of that salvation. This is what we're called to meditate upon. Amen. But it involves a lot of humility also because it takes time to go over and over and over. And interestingly, God's word involves repetition. God's word involves hearing and hearing and hearing. And hearing, just like you're feeding and exercising, feeding and exercising, you don't just feed. You don't just exercise. You feed and you exercise. Hallelujah. You have to put it to work. You have to get involved. You have to serve. You have to go and minister. You have to speak the word. You have to lay hands. You have to use the name of Jesus and fill yourself again over and over. But it's a desire. So he said, I desire I desire the sincere milk of the word of God. That should be my desire. That I may grow up. Hallelujah. It's important to have that target. So we pray these prayers. We pray it again so that it affects us. So that we can see the benefit and the profit here and in the life to come. There is coming a time when Jesus is going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem. Physically sitting there. Hallelujah. That time is coming. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that time. And so we, we need to take full advantage of it. Notice the book of Romans, the 16th chapter. We have been 
uh, there before. But notice in verse 20, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Sometimes you could read all those kind of scriptures and you may say, "Um, maybe Satan is not yet under my feet. Praise God. You may say, oh, Satan is going to be under my feet, bruised under my feet shortly. Well, what he's talking about is right now, even though Satan has been defeated, he is still God of this world. But there is coming a time (laughs) when physically Satan won't be on the scene at all. Where Jesus will be sitting on the throne as God of this world. And it's coming shortly. Very short. It's going to happen quickly. Very soon you will find Jesus sitting on the throne. Hallelujah. That life is what we are preparing for. You and I will be taken away from this world by the appearing of the Lord Jesus. Not by the coming of the Lord Jesus. He's going to come one of these days physically to the earth. Coming. But there's an appearing. Where he appears to the church. Nobody else will see him. The church will see him that day. When he appears. And he won't touch the ground. Because he's not going to put his kingdom down here then. But there is coming a day when he will touch the earth with his feet. And then his kingdom and his throne will be established. For a thousand years. Praise God. But when he appears. He takes us home with him. For a seven year period. Hallelujah. And there won't be any believers down here during that time. Glory to God. There will be unbelievers. All believers would have been taken away by the Lord Jesus. And it's going to be quite a time. The earth is going to wonder what happened. A whole bunch of people just left. Praise God. So it will be a period where there are only unbelievers. Praise God. And they will be here on the earth for seven years. Uh, you know, and in the middle of that comes a time where the Antichrist will be totally turned into another kind of person and want to sit in the throne in Jerusalem and be called God. And it's going to be great tribulation, major suffering. Only the Jews will preach the gospel. 144,000 of them and converts will come. People will be saved. Uh, angels will preach. All kinds of stuff. There will be amazing things happening but under great pressure and problem. Amen. But after that, guess what? That's when you and I are factored in again. We come back. Glory to God. And we rule and reign with Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Glory to God. But somewhere around the end of that seven year period. There's going to be a time where some changes take place again. Uh, Glory to God. People are going to be separated. Angels are going to be involved in separating people. Let's look at that also. I think we should hear Romans 16, 20 in Canada first. Shantidaya Kanada Devaru Shigravagi Saitana Nanunimma Padagara Kedagi Tulidu Biduvanu Namma Kartanada Yesu Kristana Krupeu Nimmondi Girali Amen Praise God <coughs> Excuse me Notice Matthew 24 and verse 37 But as the days of Noah or Noah so shall also the son, the coming of the Son of Man be Notice that uh, Noah's time is being uh, referred to here. 
For as in the days that were before the flood, 38 says, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah or Noe entered into the ark and knew not, 39, until the flood came and took them all away, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, the other left. Amen. Notice how he's talking about the coming of the Lord. That is not the appearing of the Lord when he appears in the sky for us with the sound of the trumpet. This is talking about what is known as the second coming. Not the rapture. During that time, notice, just like in the days of Noah, notice who were taken away from the scene during the days of Noah. Unbelievers were caught in a flood and taken away. Only the righteous were left. Amen. In the righteous being left, notice there was such a minority, just eight of them. But out of those eight came this whole population we see today. Just like that, in the days of the coming of the Lord, guess who's going to be taken away? The unbelievers will be taken away. Angels will take them away at the end of that tribulation period. Angels will take them away. And all who will be left will be righteous. And they will enter into the kingdom of the Lord. Hallelujah. It it may look like a minority, but... Over a thousand year period, there's going to be a lot of people coming because uh, the curse will be reversed. People will give birth and live long and there will be amazing prosperity. The trees clap, the seas clap, everything is excited. All of nature is restored to the blessing. Hallelujah. But it's going to be wonderful. Notice, as those days were in Noah's time, until the day when the flood happened. They were just eating, drinking. It may look like in the midst of the tribulation also, people may just go on with life as though nothing happened. Making fun of those who are, uh, you know, preaching. And uh, laughing stock, you know, because people may be uh, losing their life for Jesus during that time. But then guess what? They may be working in the field and then suddenly one is taken away. Who's taken away? The unbelieving one. Angels are going to separate them. And the believing one will be left and they will enter into the millennial reign of the Lord. This is all going to happen during that last few uh, minutes of the seven years. Praise God. Very interesting. Hallelujah. So here we are looking at all of this in the future. It's all going to come to pass. And we have to be prepared Uh, So that we do what we are supposed to do before that time. All that we're supposed to do, we have to bring it forth. Lord, may the Lord help us. May the Lord help us to do what we were called to do in this age, in this dispensation. Praise God, in this church age, in this, uh, you know, screen age in which we live right now. Hallelujah. That we will be able to be undistracted, undeterred, and do the will of God. And finish properly and go home when the Lord appears. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't get confused about those kind of verses. 
the Noah and all of that. Praise God. Let's hear maybe Matthew 24, 37 to 39. Pradayavu Bandu Avaranu Badukondu Vuguvaregu Avarige Tiridira Lilla Hage Manusha Kumarana Baronavu Iruvadu. Amen. Maybe we can hear verse forty also and then proceed. Aga Ibaru Holadal Liruvaru, Obanu Tegel Paduvanu, Matobanu Bidal Paduvanu. Amen. You will notice how the angels are involved over there by the twenty fifth chapter. Uh, Jesus talks about them. And so on. Hallelujah. We need to get ready that this is the truth. This is what's coming up. And we may be the strange ones looking like uh, we're living in the very last days. Because you notice people are just building, eating, drinking as though nothing happened. Meanwhile, we just came out of some of the most alarming times the earth has ever seen. Where everybody was forced to shut down. Churches were forced to shut down. That has never happened before. And people took it lying. And and just want to act like nothing happened. No, no, my brother. That was a test. That was a trial run. (laughs) The real deal is still coming. And so we need to become aware that we are running on borrowed time. That we do not really have much time. And that therefore, we need to prioritize properly. Think about these things. Meditate and give ourselves wholly to them. May God help us. May God help us. Because all of us have these temptations. All of us have this flesh. Every single one of us. Amen. Let's get ready and prepared. Sometimes you'll have to see examples from scripture more than examples in real life. Let the scripture do the talking. Amen. The scripture is what God has chosen. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 for a minute as we proceed. Hebrews chapter 11. You know how uh, it is the great hall of the faithful listed out there. And by chapter 12 it talks about them as a great cloud of witnesses. That are watching over us from Heaven's grandstands, like a big auditorium or let's call it a racetrack or a football field or, you know, or a cricket stadium. People are watching us right now. These uh, Hebrews 11 people are watching us. Amen. And uh, Paul said that time would fail him to talk about the whole list. But he mentions how by faith, by faith, each one of them uh, lived and, uh, you know, did things. Similarly, you and I are going to be included in that because it is the same faith. Faith before Jesus, faith after Jesus, it was the same faith. Isn't that interesting? Faith was possible even before Jesus' day. Wow, that's why you can see their names there also. Before Abraham, there was somebody called Enoch who walked with the Lord like very few people have walked and he did not even die. He is also a picture of the New Testament church in being carried away, raptured, so to speak, that he did not see death. 
Hallelujah. But in that same list also, notice as we go down somewhere around uh, verse 32. Let me, let me go there. He says, uh, notice, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel. Notice among those names there's even Samson. Samson was, was one carnal guy. That he even lost his eyes because of his fleshly lifestyle. His eyes were pulled out. Notice that his name was also thrown in. So even though you may not be living 100%, what you use your faith to do will be remembered. Hallelujah. Interesting, right? That among the Enoch and Abraham and all of those great names is also somebody like Samson who... You know, he's not famous really for so many good things at the same time. He's quite famous for being carnal and fleshly. Amen? Hallelujah. So guess what? Everybody's going to find themselves there in that list. For anything that was done by faith, it will be noted there. And so we also... (laughs) Should think about it. Notice the same cloud of witnesses is telling us to run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. Samson is in heaven. Praise God. Yeah. Notice that. Very interesting. They subdued kingdoms, they wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. These people looked ahead and said, I want a better, glorious, glorious resurrection. I want to have glory in a measure that others may not be thinking about. Amen. So they endured some things. Hey, once in a while you get mocked cruelly. Some people get scourged. Some people are in prison. Some people were stoned, sawn asunder. All of these things of whom the world was not worthy. This is the list to which we belong. You are not really a hero in the world. You are looked at as trash. Amen? But you are a servant of God. Hallelujah. All of these things obtained a good report, but God has something better for us. Woo! Verse 40. God having provided some better thing for us. Can you imagine how blessed the church age is? Wow! There's something better than all of those things we just heard about. God has provided something better for us. Wow! That's very interesting. Very, very interesting. That is why chapter 12 begins, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 
Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Woo, hallelujah. Can you see that your destiny is intertwined with the Lord Jesus there? The honor and glory that he receives, how he can sit majestically at the right hand of his father, that you also are called to be a king forever, a priest forever. Wow. Dominion, authority, all of these precious things. And so watch out. He said, run, run without any hindrance. The Olympians originally ran without any clothing. Before they entered into that place, they had to be stripped of their clothing. And then they were massaged and so on. And then they were sent in to, you know, do whatever they had to do. That was the original. So you have to throw everything away. And run properly. Hallelujah. Dump everything and do what you have to do. Forget about it. Just throw it away. It's not worth it. Anything that's trying to trip you up, anything that is a sin, anything that's a hindrance, this is the actual spirit of the matter. You may just have to dump it off for the sake of this amazing race that is set before you. You need to run it. You need to finish it patiently enduring. Amen? I think we should read at least uh, you know, Hebrews 11. Maybe we can read... First of all, verse 5, about Enoch. Hanokanu maranavannu anubavisade uye alpattadu nambike indale. Avanannu devaru tegedu kondu hodadarinda avanu yarigu sikkalilla. Avanu oyelpaduvadakkinta modalu devarannu mechisuvavanagiddanendu sakshi untu. And then let's read verse 32 also. Innu enu helabeku. Gideon Barak Samson Ekta David Samuel Matu Pravadigada Vishavagi Hiluvadakya Nanage Samaya Saladu. So some of their lives were really quite stellar like Joseph, but some were like Samson, you know. But whatever they did by faith, God noted it. Praise God. And so we also uh, you know, our glorious faith walk exploits will be noted. Praise God. We need to do it. But it prepares us for chapter 12 that we are being watched and stirred up by them to run and finish what God created us for. Notice chapter 12 and verse 1 also in Kannada. Hallelujah. So just like the athletic gymnasium kind of life, you are actually being trained for a sporting event, a race that is set before you. So you bring all your energy, all your ability, all your wisdom, all your choices into that aspect to finish what you were created for, to run and finish completely. Amen. Looking, verse 2, unto Jesus, the author and finisher. You see, as we look at him and consider him and prayerfully think about his word and what he's doing right now, the one who started it is faithful to finish it. He's the author and finisher of our faith. We're not looking at our strength, we're looking at him. We're looking at his word. We're looking at how can I draw from you, Lord, to do this thing properly. Who for the joy that was set before him. Hmm, there's joy coming, brother. 
joy that you cannot even imagine. Honor and glory at the right hand. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. He's the one who said to those that overcome, I will grant them to sit here. Right now you are sitting, thank God, in heaven, in the spirit. But there's also a physical sitting. That will be interesting. Very, very interesting. I think there's going to be differences in the seating also. That's why there's only 24 elders sitting in front of the throne. And then there's others here and there. But notice, we can decide to finish what God told us to do. Amen? What God told us to do is what is supposed to be done. Finish it by wholly following Him. Completely following Him. Glory to God. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Let's see if we can look at one more thought before we go. Glory to God. Notice in the book of Genesis, maybe the fifth chapter, because we have things to consider here, is important. Verse uh, 21. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. It's very likely, therefore, that until he was 65, even though he came from uh, Adam just seven generations away, notice here that he was not automatically saved. He did not automatically live for God. Even though he came from a great lineage of people. You know. But when he was 65. He made a decision. In the midst of it all. He decided to walk with God. And Enoch walked with God. After he begat Methuselah. 300 years. Amen. So he had his own life. He had children. He had family stuff to deal with. But he walked with God. It's noted that he walked with God. And the Bible continues, you know, and that all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, verse 24 says, and he was not, for God took him. Wow. Praise God. God took him. Notice that. Enoch walked with God. God took him. And therefore, the Bible says he disappeared. He passed you know, death, he didn't go into death, he just bypassed it. Because by faith, he pleased God. Hebrews eleven six talks about that it was faith that pleased God. That it was Enoch's faith that caused him to bypass all that. Amen. Hallelujah. But observe, therefore, that we also are going to bypass death. Because we are faith people. We have the faith of the Son of God. Amen. Glory to God. And Enoch also must have walked with God according to the scriptures for God to use such a word that he walked with God. What does God mean by walking with God? Amos tells us in the third chapter and in the third verse, a very interesting scripture. He says, can two walk together except they be agreed? So it must have been that Enoch agreed with God. 
He did not disagree with God. He agreed with God. And that's how he walked with God. He walked in illumination of agreeing with God. Just agree with God. It doesn't matter. Agree with God. Whether you understand it or not, just go with God's word. What he said, how he's doing it, go with it. And God will handle the rest. And lo and behold, our business is to agree with God's word right now. Don't stand against it. Don't resist it. Don't despise it. But meditate. Think about it. Give your life to it. That's what God expects from us. That's why we pray. That's why we want to desire these things. Hallelujah. Maybe we can hear Amos 3.3 also in Canada. Praise the Lord. Let's see if we can also put in uh, verse 24 of Genesis 5 as we close. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Amen. One of these days you're going to disappear from this world. Why? Because God is taking you. He's going to appear and take you away. The end of your faith will be that day when Jesus takes you away from this world. Hallelujah. And you will continue to live in the ages to come, ruling and reigning with Him. Hallelujah. Forever. Forever. He said you are a king and a priest forever unto our God. Wow. Might as well do it right. Amen. Let's thank Him. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Faithful God, thank you for your tender mercies. Thank you for helping us with our desires. Helping us to desire your truth. To desire your word more than our own food. More than anything in the natural. That we may accomplish that for which we were born and created. That we may come home in glory. Knowing that we have profited both here and in the life to come. We worship you. We give you thanks. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you'd like to give, this is a great opportunity. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's a good God. And so, don't forget, you are called to live by faith because you will profit. And the good doctrine, because you will profit. And others will profit from your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, team. Thank you so much. You're blessed.
I can reach and pray and prophesy. 